0: John, I know we have a lot of prep sports to talk about, but as you know, what I'm really most interested in, in is you. So, John, tell me tell me about you. What's going on in your life?
1: Big events lately, Jim. Um, one, scheduled, which was my COVID booster. Got that Sunday, which had been scheduled for a couple of weeks. And then I don't know if I've mentioned on here, I probably have because I've been telling everybody about it for months. We have had a second grandchild on the way she was due november 21st but she did not want to wait so early monday morning daisy malay was born they made it to the hospital in napa california at four in the morning but uh my daughter-in-law's water happened to break in the front seat of their car so uh, there's some cleanup on aisle seven there but we got a beautiful New granddaughter to go with our uh, lovely two-year-old grandson, and we have uh, we have FaceTimed with them. We've got tons of pictures already. I've passed pictures on to my mom, who has, geez, I don't know how many great grandkids my mom has, but I don't even know if she if she knows how many. But there's a bunch. So yeah, big big exciting news in in the Malay household here as we as we get ready for a big week of uh, high school stuff.
0: A young woman named Daisy in California. It sounds like the appropriate gift might be a lava lamp or some black light posters.
1: <laughs> we called our flower guy. There's a, guy, a flower guy out there. His name is Sal. And the last time oh, we Sal called the Sal, flower guy, sure. Sal, that's exactly what the business is called, I think. Sal, the flower guy. <laughs> I, I think knew that's it. it. I knew it. So we called Sal as we did a little over two years ago when our grandson Leo was born. And And all my wife told Sal was, "Well, the baby's name is Daisy, so get some." She wanted some yellow roses and some throw in some pink, whatever, but put in lots of daisies. And we did see the finished product sitting on the dining room table at our son and daughter-in-law's house. So Sal came through with the daisies. Uh, My wife has already ordered multiple little onesies and little outfits with daisies on them. So we are now a a Daisy loving family.
0: Guys like Sal always come through.
1: (laughs) They do. They do.
0: He's John Millay. This is Preps Today with John Millay, part of the TalkNorth.com podcast network. Uh, Thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. Best way to listen, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It is free. It is easy. You can also always go to TalkNorth.com, find all the shows, all the archives, all the other shows on the network. Thank you to our sponsor, Pizza Bar in Princeton. Princeton PizzaBarInPrinceton.com. We'll tell you about them and their food truck later. Uh, And John, our first topic is going to be about indoor football. I would say that because I'm old, some people assume wrongly that I'm old school. I grew up going to cold weather football games, sitting in the stands, not being able to feel my fingers or my lips. Uh, And I am completely in favor of indoor football, especially if this is going to be one of the biggest games of your life. You're a high school kid and it's going to be one of the biggest games of your life what better than to go play in a big, beautiful indoor stadium and not have, you know, precipitation determine how the game is going to turn out?
1: Yeah, it's, it's really awesome, Jim. And, you know, we had the state quarterfinal football games last week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, all of them on turf, but all of them outdoors. And it was mighty cold. It was windy up north. There was a lot of snow to deal with. And we're done with that now. We got. We've reached a stage where we're going to finish the football season with state semifinals this week at US Bank Stadium, and then the Thanksgiving weekend we'll have the prep bowl games. This is a this is a huge uh, this is a huge deal. And I've talked to some of these coaches who, you know, the ones who are going, going to play at the big stadium for the first time, especially the small towns. This is this is the biggest thing, you know in the history of some of these towns, I would think it's just, it's so huge. They're chartering the buses. They're coming down. They got hotel rooms if they need them. Um, and this is, this is wall to wall football because we're going to have four games Thursday, five games, Friday, five games, Saturday. I'm not good at math, but I did a, a couple of math equations during the course of this high school football season. I've attended 16 games. So in those three days this week, I'm going to see 14
0: games. Wow.
1: That's, that's, it's, it's kind of a grind for those of us that are there the whole time. We love what we're doing, but you know, you get to that, that 14th, 15th, 16th, you kind of lose track of who's playing sometimes because it's a lot of football, but it's just so much fun. And then in my other math problem, I looked at the 56 football teams that qualified for the state tournament, which were now past the first round. I, I did some math, looked at the list of schools, tried to think of how many of those have I been to. So out of those fifty-six football teams, I have visited forty-eight of those schools. You know, all the big ones, all the six A's, five A's, four A's. Some of the smaller ones I haven't been to. So there's a few schools I I still need to get to, and I hopefully will before I'm done doing this job. But I, I you know, I do travel around the state a lot. But that even kind of that even kind of surprised me that of those fifty-six schools that that qualified for the state football tournament i've personally been to 48 of them that of course i've been doing this a long time and i drive a lot of miles maybe that's not very surprising but i I kind of thought i wouldn't have guessed it was that many i guess
0: that's a lot that is a a lot lot. it really is because you know it's not like as you said they're not all concentrated you have to go way out of your way to get to a lot of these and that's one of the cool things about the what the way you do your job is you go everywhere and you see everybody and therefore you know everybody you can bring their stories here which i really appreciate and by the way Hey, the Metrodome, was a, it was a great thing when you had to see Joe Maurer play against Eden Prairie in the Metrodome. The Metrodome was a great thing for these kids, too. Oh. But U.S. Bank Stadium is everything the Metrodome was, and it's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, it, it is, you know, the Metrodome was great because of what had happened there and what it represented. U.S. Bank Stadium's just great. It really is. I was, I'll I'll talk about
1: this, this quarterfinal game I saw last week, but afterwards, one of the, one of the parents was asking me kind of, we're down on the field and uh, this was a parent from Leroy Ostrander, a nine man school way down South. He was asking me, you know, Hey, do do the football teams get to use the locker rooms at us bank and everything? I said, you bet they do. I said, they don't get to use the Vikings locker room in past years. There have been times when the Vikings' locker room was open and, you know, the teams could just walk through and take pictures. With COVID, I doubt that that's going to be the case this year. But what they do is they take the visitors' locker room space, which is huge. It's a giant. It's got multiple rooms. They basically break that down into, I think, four locker rooms for teams – who are playing for the next two teams to take their gear and get ready? And, but yeah, I said you bet they're going to be in the visitors' locker room. They're going to come out the same tunnel the the visiting teams do when they come in to play the Vikings, and it's uh, it's really cool. And let's let's go to Leroy Ostrander. Uh, uh, last fall, I wrote about Brody Larson, who was a senior a year ago at Leroy Ostrander. He was on. He'd never been able to play football because of physical limitations. I think Brody's about four foot four. Eighty or ninety pounds. Um, he's got a, he's got a something called a hurler syndrome, and he's really beat to odds to do everything he's done. He's a great young man. A year ago, he was cleared to play on senior night and and was able to score a touchdown. Uh, I wrote about it at the time. The two teams, Leroy Ostrander and Houston, kind of set this up for Brody to have that great moment. It was just one of the coolest stories I've ever been able to write. So he did graduate, but he's still a team manager. His dad, Kyle, is one of the assistant coaches. So I got to hang out with those guys a little bit. They played uh, they played uh, Wheaton Herman Norcross last, uh, last week in the state quarterfinals at McAllister College. So I ran over there uh, from the volleyball tournament to watch them, chatted with those guys. And Trevor Carrier, the head coach, he's a great guy. So I've reposted that story about Brody last year, and you can find it on John's Journal at mshsl.org. And I'm looking at these pairings, Jim, and a map of Minnesota. I don't know if we've ever had two teams farther apart and meet at the, at the in the state football semifinals or the prep ball. So the, Leroy Ostrander, that's way down south. That's south of Rochester, nearly the Iowa border. And they're going to play the very first game of the semifinals thursday morning at 11 30 against kitson county central i've been to, i've been to kitson county central too that's in the extreme northwest corner of the state and i was up there one time and it's not a very long drive to the canadian border there's a border crossing up there it's got to be one of the most remote border crossings on that entire border but i've been there i waved at the canadian customs people on the other side and And uh, so that's going to be quite the distance. It's it's a good thing we're not making one of those teams host because it would be a long drive for everybody. But uh, yeah, go to John's Journal, MSHSL.org, read about Brody Larson. It's really inspirational. It's a great thing. And it's cool to see Brody and everybody else be able to be at U.S. Bank Stadium this week.
0: Excellent.
1: And then uh, I'm going to mention just the the other things going on this week. This is one of those weeks that's super busy. We have football for sure. That's going to get most of the focus, but there's two other really cool events. We'll have our girls swimming and diving state meet Thursday, Friday, Saturday at the University of Minnesota Freeman Aquatic Center and then over at Stillwater High School. We're going to have our adapted soccer state tournament. So, those are wonderful events. I wish they didn't conflict with football so I could be there so more people could, could hear about them and see them. But, great events, uh, well run by the high school league. Really, really cool stuff. And if you want to watch these events, uh, go to Prep Spotlight TV. That's the streaming partner of the high school league. But I'm, I'm sending out alerts about scammers. Believe it or not, there are online scammers out there. I know it's I know we've never heard of such a thing, but you know you'll see a post with a specific game. click on this link to watch that game to sign up. All they want is your credit card number. That's all they want. It's a scam. If it's not Minnesota Prep spotlight prepspotlight.tv, It's a scam. Stay away from them. I delete them every time I see them, like on the MSHSL Facebook page. I delete multiple, you know, examples of that every day. So stick to Minnesota Prep Spotlight. You'll be safe. And another ticket reminder, we've talked about this. Every ticket for all these state tournaments, they're sold online. You can get them on the high schooling website. And we've talked about this before. Jim Winter is coming. I'm not going to say it's here, but... This is the first week of practice for alpine skiing, Nordic skiing, boys hockey, and girls basketball. I don't know how much snow there is up north. There can't be much, but skiers are out there. Boys hockey teams are going, and girls basketball
0: teams are in the gym. Means we're gonna have a lot to talk about. Uh, let's get we to the are. let's get to state volleyball after we thank Pizza Barn in Princeton. Jody stays fine operation and the always busy food truck.
1: Yeah, there's tons going on. The Pizza Barn food truck. Uh, it's going to be at Backshed Brewing in Waite Park on Saturday. And I'm hearing rumors that Santa Claus may be there. I can't confirm or deny that. Uh, but that's Saturday in Waite Park at Backshed Brewing. That pizza barn food truck will be over there with all the good stuff they have. And we've talked about the mystery of the pizza of the month and supply chain issues. The supply chain issues have been solved. I'm going to talk about the pizza of the month for November. It's arrived. It's there at the pizza barn in downtown Princeton. It's based on a pizza they had last spring. It was called a street taco pizza, which was really popular. So, the November pizza of the month is a version of that. Starts with the famous Pizza Barn homemade crust. And then you choose what base you want. You can have a queso base or a salsa verde, then slow roasted turkey with barbacoa seasonings. The Pizza Barn's own cilantro, cilantro line rice, a little purple onion, cheese. It goes into the oven. Then, after they bake it, it's garnished with fresh queso, diced tomato, fresh cilantro topped with a little touch of Tabasco. It's the Thanksgiving turkey barbacoa pizza. I am certain it's delicious. I haven't had it. I'd love to. I'm going to try to make that happen before the month is out, but sounds phenomenal. We can't thank Jody Stay and everybody up at the Pizza Barn in Princeton for, uh, for being a part of our podcast all this time, and uh, we appreciate the heck out of
0: those folks. Yep. Hire the food truck for your event. We've done it. It is great. Food, yeah. I can't believe any pizza that tastes that good coming out of a truck. All right, let's get to the state volleyball tournament.
1: Yeah, we had a great state volleyball tournament last year at the XL Center. Kind of a new kind of a new thing. Four classes expanded from three. So it was the first four-class state volleyball tournament. It went very well. It was an extra day, but it worked out. Congratulations to all the teams that played there, including state champions, Mayor Lutheran, Sauk Center, Marshall and YZ. Marshall made history, at least matched history. The Tigers became the sixth the sixth school to win seven volleyball state titles. Nobody's ever won eight. The others are Bethlehem Academy, Chaska, Egan, Robbinsdale, Armstrong, and Tracy Milroy. It was just so great to have big crowds great bands a normal state tournament again after a year ago jim you know when we didn't have any fall state tournaments it's just been so much fun and i was looking through the list of teams at the volleyball tournament while i was over there at the x for four days and came up with a list of my top five favorite nicknames in the state volleyball tournament we'll count them down from five to one number five the cannon falls bombers that just makes sense Number four, the Badger Greenbush Middle River Gators. I don't know if there are Gators way up there in northern Minnesota, but there are at Badger Greenbush Middle River. Number three, the Sox Center Main Streeters. That's a great nickname. Number two, the Breckenridge Cowgirls. The boys' teams are the Cowboys. And my favorite nickname in the volleyball tournament, the Holly Nuggets. And I don't know how that started, I don't know what Nuggets refers to, but I love the Holly Nuggets.
0: We might have to have another name uh, bracket at some point. Maybe <laughs> maybe right? next fall we'll get back to the name bracket. <laughs> there you go. Hey, we want to thank our producer, Brandon Morton, and our sales executive, Karen Cleary. They have helped us grow talknorth.com. Uh, we continue to add shows, we continue to add listeners. Thank you for listening. Thank you to our sponsors who make this so all possible. Now let's get to Terry Culhane.
1: Yeah, this is a name that that people, especially in, in Southwest Minnesota, know very well. Just a, a Hall of Fame coach of girls basketball and volleyball. And as I was watching Marshall and Miniota play in the state volleyball tournament, that was kind of coupled with an announcement from Southwest State University last week um, about Terry Culhane. Uh He has announced he's going to retire at the end of the volleyball season. He's been the volleyball coach at Southwest State for 18 years, just has done great things, has had great teams. Before that, he was a high school volleyball and girls basketball coach at Tracy. Tracy, Milroy, and Marshall just has had a huge impact. And uh, I've been writing about high school sports long enough. I wrote about Terry's high school teams, and I, I, I haven't talked to Terry in a long time, but he's a really quality individual. And at the, at the volleyball tournament, I talked with Marshall volleyball coach Dan Westby and uh, Minneota coach Haley Fruin. Marshall High School is absolutely, legitimately across the street from Southwest Minnesota State University. You can walk back and forth, Minneapolis, 15 miles away. So all those coaches, all those players, they know all about Southwest State Volleyball and and Terry Colhane and, and everybody down there just you, I, I, the, the gratitude just drips off people when you ask them about Terry and what he's done for coaches and players and the sport overall. And I tweeted a link to a Johns Journal story about that, and it's it's still getting reaction. It just kind of tells you what uh, kind of an impact Terry has had as a coach and a and an advocate and a mentor, but just as as a great. As a great person so congrats to Terry Culhane. I think the Mustangs are playing this week in the in the uh, their conference tournament and once their season is over Terry will uh, will go into a much well-deserved retirement but' he's, he's not going anywhere I'm sure he's not leaving Marshall so he'll still be around
0: good deal uh, as we do every week let's thank a rep.
1: Yeah, uh, we're kind of transitioning from fall sports to winter sports. We're going to have, you know, some of the very finest football officials in the state working these games at U.S. Bank Stadium the next two weeks. But the other night, uh, there were 380 high school basketball officials on a Zoom meeting uh, set up by the high school league to get ready for the season. 380 on a weeknight to spend an hour or two. You know, they all could have been doing any number of things, hanging out with their kids, uh, doing whatever, but they chose to spend that time uh, learning and getting better. That's really, really dedication from our officials. So thanks to everybody who was on that call. And we've talked on the show here, Jim, about two Hall of Fame officials that have passed away in recent weeks. Bozo Winseck and Dick Eldridge, just two giants, particularly in football, as, as we talk about football. Um, they both did other sports, but uh, they're going to be honored in a special, kind of a quiet way at U.S. Bank Stadium during our high school games. We're gonna, we've got framed photos of Bozo and Dick. I've, I'm looking at them right now. I've got those pictures in frames, and they're going to be they're going to be in the officials' locker room at the U uh, S bank stadium these next two weeks, just so, so, you know, we can remember those two and, and they, they've meant so much to so many and, and, and they remain in our hearts, especially all the officials that they mentored and worked with and and passed on so much to. So that's how we're going to honor Bozo Winsick and Dick Eldridge.
0: Excellent. I love when you tell us about things like that, but I just I just would not have heard about it if, if it weren't for you. So thank you for that. Uh, before we get to our last topic of this week, I want to let you know you can always follow us on Twitter at TalkNorthPod. You'll see all the shows as they are released. And we have a lineup that includes, you know, I think the best people in Minnesota sports. Cheryl Reeve, Lavelle Neal, Roy Smalley, John Krasinski, Michael Russo, Anthony LaPanta. Uh, John Millay. uh, You might have heard of him. Jeff Diamond. uh, It's a great lineup. We have a lot of outdoor content. We are going to be adding some more content here soon. uh, And thank you for helping us become a success. Uh, We need listeners. We appreciate you taking the time to listen to us. Let's now get to Most Valuable Teammate.
1: Yeah, we'll close with this annual award that that we we, uh, award each week at the High School League. This week's winner, Aiden McCauley, a cross-country athlete from De La Salle High School. Aiden does a great job inspiring the team by example. And through his words, he reminds each team member that their event matters on meet days and everyone contributes to the team. Aiden has a clear desire to have the team in better shape than when he joined by fostering a cohesive team environment. And inspiring others to have the outstanding work ethic he does. So, congratulations to most valuable teammate Aiden McCauley of De La
0: And a personal note: I also got my COVID booster. John and I are of a certain age, uh, but my experience, John, was if you sign up to go get a booster, nobody's going to check your ID or your papers. Nobody's going to, you know, make sure. I mean, they want to give these shots out. So I know there are protocols, but if you want to get a booster shot. My guess is you can just sign up at a CVS or a Walgreens, wherever else, walk in and get your shot. They want you to have the shot. So if you think you need the booster, if you want the booster, go get the booster. As
1: thrilled as I was, Jim, to get the booster, the, the nurse who gave me the booster, I think, was equally thrilled yep. to put it in my arm. They, that's, they're that's they doing great work. We can't thank those folks enough. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I, I had a sore arm for about a day, and that was it. So
0: easy peasy. It's, it's just something we should all do. Uh, please go do that so we can all get back to uh, a more normal way of life. Hey, uh, thanks again to Brandon. Thanks to John. We will be back early next week to set up the Thanksgiving week festivities.